You're listening to Mile High Report Radio with your hosts, Adam Malnati and Ian St. Clair. Get involved with the Denver Broncos conversation at milehighreport.com. And now it's time to get to work. Adam, as I was watching the New York Giants Tampa Bay Buccaneers game on Monday night, I sent you a message on our Mile High Report Slack, and it is still so true. For all the flack that John Elway gets for not drafting a quarterback, at least he didn't draft Daniel Jones. <laughs> that's that's true. I mean, oh my goodness. That So the interception he threw to the world's largest man, which did you notice that they they actually mentioned the stat that he was the second heaviest guy to have a an interception this season? And his name escapes me because I don't pay attention to the Buccaneers. The, the moment he threw that, I, I watched that replay every time they played it, and I could not figure out what he thought he was going to do there, other than throw an interception. There couldn't have been another thought in his mind other than I'm going to throw it to that big fat guy in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uniform because there was nobody else there. I think we're giving Daniel Jones a lot of credit for having a thought in his brain. That's true. That's true. You know, you'd think somebody who went to Duke would be a little bit smarter than that. That is sort of their calling card. It's like the 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 Ivy League of the ACC or something like that. I'm sure somebody said that one time. Uh, it, what an – I just – that's hilarious. <laughs> it was such such a terrible game for him, and you're right. At least we don't have Daniel Jones. Uh, we got we have our own problems, I suppose. Yeah, the Broncos still have problems, but at least <laughs> they don't have that one. But I will say this, and we, we made a joke uh, last week after the show or during the show about losing the bye week because you know we didn't have a, a game to look forward to, and of course you have to make that that joke about losing in the bye week. We made it, ticked the box. We 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 did what we were supposed to do. But quite frankly, in my opinion, somehow the Broncos won the bye week because not only did they sign Tim Patrick to a, uh, an extension, they also wrapped up Cortland Sutton. So, uh, wow, that was well done, George Payton. I, I'm going to give credit where credit's due. A little props to George Payton there. Tim Patrick and Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy and K.J. Hamler will make up the, the wide receivers room for the next three seasons. Cool. Great. I'm in. Add in rookie running back Javante Williams. Yes, please. And you have you have some legitimate weapons on offense. The only thing that's missing it's is a, a quarterback. It's a quarterback. It's not Daniel Jones, but it is a quarterback. Oh, thank God it's not <laughs> Daniel Jones. And I'll, and I'll add in an offensive line. They still need an offensive line. And I get – so – Obviously, people have diverted away from Aaron Rodgers for one reason or another. We won't need to get into to why. We can ask Joe Rogan. In terms of the quarterback that people are now on, Russell Wilson. And I think that's a pipe dream. Obviously, the weapons are big. But unless George Payton can go to Russell Wilson and say, the offensive line is going to be a priority I am going to make sure that it's taken care of. Why would Russell Wilson want to come to the Broncos? He has weapons in Seattle. 
Legit weapons. He, does, he doesn't have an offensive line. If he comes to Denver, he'll have weapons, but no offensive line. So what is, what is he? I mean, Denver's obviously better than Seattle, but aside from that, I I don't know. Yeah, it's a, it's a good question because if you look at this offensive line, let's go ahead and let's dive in a little. Like we're, I'm not an offensive line guru by any stretch of the imagination. I'm not going to claim to be, but I will say that I, I – uh, I follow people that are, and I know people who can talk about the offensive line. And one of the things that is is fascinating to me is with what most people perceive to be the best offensive line coach in the history of offensive line coaching and Mike Munchak, Garrett Bowles had a huge turnaround in 2020, and it garnered him a really big contract. You, you had pretty good seasons out of Dalton Reisner. The right tackle position was a revolving door, as it has been in 2021. Uh, and, and you know, your your interior line, Lord Lloyd Cushenberry is still learning, I guess, whatever. I wonder, is the problem the offensive line or is it the quarterback? And, and hear me out on this. When we've had this conversation before, Peyton Manning made his offensive lines better. I think Tom Brady does the same thing, makes his offensive line better. If you watch what Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon are able to do behind this offensive line, I know that they're not great. The run blocking could be a little bit better, I think. They do a pretty good job, though. And when the Broncos choose to run the football, quite frankly, they run it pretty well, except on fourth and one uh, against the Eagles. Other than that, they, they did a pretty good job of it. So is it really necessary to upgrade, so to speak? Maybe you go out and you get a veteran guard. Uh, Graham Glasgow is is probably on the way out. But Dalton Reisner's young. Lloyd Cushenberry's young. Garrett Bowles isn't going anywhere. I, I don't know what's going to happen at right tackle. But come 2022, what is it that they really are going to do? I, I guess, yeah, Quinn Meniers, Miners, however we're going to say that. You know, the belly is, is out there as well. You, you've got players that can step in. Uh, Natan Muti, uh, is it necessary to go get people or are we going to ask Mike Munchak to coach them up? Because that's not really, it doesn't seem feasible to me that they're going to go pump a ton of money into an offensive line when it feels like they've got a lot of young talent that they could develop. And my retort to that is John Elway. John Elway did not win a Super Bowl or have success in the NFL until he had an offensive line. Until Pat Bowlin went and got Gary Zimmerman, that was the anchor for that offensive line that set it into motion. And I would contest that the greatest offensive line coach is not Mike Munchak. He doesn't hold a flame to Gibbs. Yeah, Alex Gibbs is I, – I think you're right about that. I apologize. I digress on that one. That's, that's my bad. I should have known better. And what was I thinking? But John Elway is the retort to that. John Elway didn't have success in the National Football League until he had an offensive line. And now we're going to ask whoever comes in, Russell Wilson, that's a dream scenario, I think, because if you look at the four teams that Russell Wilson was mentioned to be interested in earlier this offseason, when it was announced that he wanted out of Seattle, the Broncos were not included on that list. I don't see them being included on that list unless George Payton can guarantee to Russell Wilson that the offensive line is going to improve and he is going to make it a priority. <clears throat> and he is going to need to make it a priority. I wouldn't rule out an upgrade at left tackle. 
because Garrett Bowles has regressed. He has not been good when he's been on the field. He's allowed pressures. He's allowed sacks. Dalton Reisner has allowed pressure, has allowed sacks. He has not been good the last two years. The right tackle has been a turnstile since Tony Jones left. In in more than a few ways. And that, that, that may be an exaggeration. I think Orlando Franklin was serviceable as a right tackle. But th- it needs to get fixed. We can't keep expecting quarterbacks to make their offensive line look better than it is. Peyton Manning and Tom Brady are once-in-generation quarterbacks. If you really want to put your team in the best scenario to have success, have a great offensive line. And Tom Brady's offensive line in Tampa is pretty pretty dang good. Yeah, what they did to the Giants on uh, Monday Night Football was, uh, needless to say, it was impressive. Uh, he never got dirty. To their, they're down to like their second or third string mm-hmm. guard too. So it's not just Tom Brady. Obviously, it helps. <laughs> Obviously, it helps to have Peyton Manning. But you can't expect your quarterback to make the offensive line better. It, it, they need, I think they need to work in sequence like it did in the 90s with John Elway and that Alex Gibbs, Mike Shanahan offensive line. That's a fair point. And, and I, I am not arguing one way or the other. I was just curious. Obviously, uh, there's, a, there's a lot that needs to happen with this Denver Broncos team beyond that uh, as well. And so uh, there, there are still a ton of question marks. But, but the big win here, I think, for the bye week, just to kind of go back and, and sort of bring it back to the, the current situation, the, the big win is wrapping up a certain number of players that will be a part of the offense for a considerable amount of time that whether you go get a rookie quarterback or you go get a veteran quarterback, the, the weapons are there. Or if you choose to roll the dice again with, with Teddy and Drew and see what happens, which uh, we'll, we'll cry about that later, I suppose. I think that's the worst case scenario. I, I, I'm sort of on the same, same page there, but it's, a possibility if that's what happens you know there are weapons there that can be used no matter what and and Tim Patrick to me is is as great as Cortland Sutton is Tim Patrick's the story because Tim Patrick is the guy who wasn't supposed to make it Tim Patrick was the undrafted free agent that everybody wants to fawn over Broncos country loves an undrafted free agent well there he is boys and girls Tim Patrick, he's on the team. Now you don't have to worry about it. We don't have to worry about next year having another undrafted free agent. We don't have to worry about Philip Lindsay making the team and don't come at me about, oh, he should be on the team now. I'm not doing that. You get Tim Patrick and enjoy that because the dude worked hard and he earned it and he did it the right way and I'm happy for him. I'm happy for both guys, but I'm I'm happy for Tim Patrick. That is impressive to see a guy do that in the NFL because it doesn't happen often. The other thing that, is impressive as it's great value. George Payton got both of the receivers at great value and it can't hurt if you're trying to go out and getting an excellent veteran quarterback. And I think that's what these moves indicate. Obviously we're trying to read the tea leaves as everyone has been doing on social media or in the community or as fans, like they're trying to read the tea leaves of these moves by George Payton leading up to the chargers game. And it's, not to keep Teddy Bridgewater, it's to get a veteran quarterback. I think a rookie quarterback, that's like plan B or C. These moves are to get a veteran quarterback right away because there's a window now. You have weapons on offense. You have about a three- to four-year window now where you can take advantage of these young weapons with a young defense – 
and try to make a contender out of it. What's missing is a quarterback. And we're about to see what happens when you get that quarterback for a franchise that had been, I guess, they were okay under Phillip Rivers, but didn't really win anything. But they are always talked up. Like, as you say, it's always Chargers season. Chargers season. Got to love Chargers season. All right, before we jump into Chargers season, though, I got to talk about a bye week loss, though. Uh, because there is a, a small bye week loss, and I don't know. Some people are celebrating this move by the NFL, and some people are not. Uh, the NFL also has has done a little flexing for the Denver Broncos, and the uh, Sunday night matchup for Week 13. My if my weeks are starting to run together here, I pause. It's week 13, right? Um, week 13, because this is Week 12. Thank you. Yeah, well, I, I, look, listen. I do know. I do know 13 comes after 12. I teach social studies so I don't have to count. That's the that's the whole point. The uh the <laughs> this I'm sorry. I distracted myself there with that terrible joke. The the Broncos and Chiefs game is being flexed into the Sunday night game. Uh so it'll be in prime time. Uh and it doesn't that one doesn't feel like a win to me. I like I tweeted out, uh I don't believe this is the flex that they think it is. Uh, but I, I know some people are ecstatic about it. Uh, very Chris excited. Collinsworth. Chris Collinsworth, for one, he loves him some Patty Mahomes. But uh, in Broncos country in particular, I am surprised that the people who are excited about this, I guess if you live out of market, you don't have to worry about where you're going to watch the game. It's just going to be on TV. That makes life easier. But is it going to be enjoyable to watch no. it on TV on Sunday night? Uh, in de- at Arrowhead Stadium. At Arrowhead in December. In which December. We all know is a... a, a recipe for disaster so and the chiefs are back i i mean what they've done the last two weeks they fixed all the it. talk of the yeah the chiefs are now the favorite in the afc clearly and the defense is better I, I think you could tell that they chris jones and frank clark weren't healthy um yeah the chiefs are back unfortunately yeah that's that was not fun to, to say at all right that was gross and but, now they're on their bye so <laughs> And so they're they're on their bye this week. The Broncos are more than likely going to lose to the Chargers. We'll get to that. Yeah. And then they go on the road for prime time at Arrowhead Stadium in December. Coming off their bye. Andy Reid, for all the jokes that I've made over the years about him, he I mean, I have no doubt what he's doing on the bye week. Eating. Checking out the various steakhouses oh, yeah, yeah, and barbecue eating. joints eating. in Kansas City. But he is insane when it comes when it comes to coming off the bye. Yeah. Like I, I don't know what the stat is. Someone can look it up. Google's great. I didn't Google it before this because I didn't know it was coming. But he is insane when it comes to his team coming off of a bye week. And at home. I mean Kansas no, City I in December this. is yeah, this is a this is this is what I would call the perfect storm of problems for Broncos country because not only is it all of those things that you just mentioned, but the the primetime scenario of everybody's going to watch, everybody's going to see it. For those of us who don't live in market and have to go to work the next day and people know we're Bronco fans, it, it's all I'm going to hear about for an entire day or two 
uh, from, you know, seventh and eighth grade children who look, I know you think, don't be such a wuss. They're some of the meanest people in the world that we're talking about here, seventh and eighth graders. Uh, they will, they will cut you and they will cut you deep and it'll all be emotional and you'll go home crying. And now, now they're going to have fuel, just added fuel to the fire. It's going to be a, it's going to be a rough week for, for those of us who have to deal with stuff like that. I'm just saying. And so, so to prepare ourselves for that, let's jump into what's going to happen when they play the chargers and Justin Herbert, who is legitimately going to be challenging Patty Mahomes for the top spot in the AFC West for, I don't know, you pick the number of years because it's going to be a lot. And the thing that I just, I've said this on other shows, I've written about it. The thing that makes this even more perplexing is fans have no idea what Denver team is going to show up. Is it going to be the one that showed up against the Cowboys or is it going to be the one that crapped all over itself against the Eagles? Because if it's the one that showed up against the Eagles, they are going to get blown out of the stadium. This Chargers offense is scary good, led by Colorado native and Eaton son, Austin Eckler, who I think is one of the more undervalued running backs in football. But you add in Mike Williams and Keenan Allen on top of Justin Herbert, if they, if Vic Fangio, Ed Donatel, and that defensive coaching staff has the defensive game plan they had against the Eagles, yikes! Don't do, don't do that. Learn from your mistakes. I mean, they haven't recently, but they could start right. They could start learning from their mistakes. Uh, and then offensively, <laughs> I, we can get into our keys to the game. Let's do it. The Broncos, the Broncos offensively need to run the football. The Chargers are the worst defense against the run in the National Football League. So if there was ever a time to use a Tim Tebow game plan, this is the one. Remember a couple you remember when Tim Tebow and the Broncos went into Kansas City and beat the Chiefs throwing it twice? Yeah, of course I do. That this, I mean that's, that's how Tim Tebow the, does that's things. That's the right? game plan. That's the game plan. Like legitimately, sure. Throw it twice. I, I thought the Tim Tebow game plan was to suck for fifty-five minutes and then be awesome for the last five. That too, do that. I don't sure. care. But take that game. If ever there was a time to use a Tim Tebow game plan, this is the game to do it. I I, I totally agree with you. I, I'm gonna couple that with my key to the game, which is on the defensive side. They've got to also get to Justin Herbert. The, and I don't mean just like pressure him. Don't, you can't just pressure him. We saw what he can do with his legs. He has uh, a pretty good mobility. Uh, I know that that wasn't necessarily the thing that people were all excited about when they saw him come into the league, but quite frankly, he's got moves and he can make things happen with his legs. No, you got to hit not, him. Not Chris, not Chris Collinsworth. He was more impressed that Cam Hayward was able to track he him ran down so on Sunday fast. night. He look how so exhausted fast. he is. Yeah. Just look at that and the effort that he gave to yeah. get to Justin Herbert. It, it was amazing. Here's and then he was guy. so exhausted that they ran right at him and scored a touchdown on the next play. It was amazing. It was incredible. <laughs> Just stupid. Uh, it, it is, uh, I, I don't know. I think it's imperative. You got to hit him. You got to hit him. You got to knock him down. You got to make him feel uncomfortable. And if you're just getting close to him, he's going to be fine. 
Just getting close to him, he'll be fine. You got to hit him. You got to you got to get to him. You got to you got to knock him down. You got to make him uncomfortable. That will at least prevent Justin Herbert from going off. I'm not sure what you do with Austin Eckler at that point. Yeah, cuz I mean, even if you even if you limit the damage of him running the ball, he showed what he could do as a receiver. I think he had like 50 yards rushing against the Steelers, but as a receiver, he's just as dangerous. And then I'm going to throw out something that could be very problematic for the Broncos offensive line is if Brandon Staley does what he did against the Steelers and shift Joey Bosa to the interior, because that posed huge matchup nightmares for the Steelers. That could be a severe problem for the interior of the Broncos offensive line. If he does that again, well, the interior that we just talked about. Yeah. I mean, they'll have problems blocking Joey Bosa anyway, but if you move him inside, yikes. Yeah, it's gonna it'll be tough, and I, I think that actually, and I don't I don't want to give uh, Staley any ideas here, but I actually think that's the way you stop the Broncos' running attack is you get that push up the middle, and and Joey Bosa would do that. So uh, don't... I think I, I think that it, it, not just running the football, but when you look at quarterbacks that's the best disruptor for a quarterback is interior pressure. Cause think back to that AFC championship game when Von Miller and DeMarcus Ware went off against Tom Brady and the Patriots, a, a huge, a huge part of that was Derek Wolf and um, Malik Jackson getting that interior push to help De- uh, DeMarcus right. Ware and Von Miller get well, that. Well, because you don't have a place pressure. to go at that point. And that, and that's that's yeah. the idea. There's no there's no stepping up because there's nothing to step up into. So you're either going to step up into a stack or you're going to drift back into a sack, and those are your only two options. Uh, and I definitely get that. I This game to me for the Broncos against this Chargers team is scary, and I haven't had to say that this far into a season for the Chargers in a long time because we've talked about it. You just mentioned it. Chargers season usually ends around week six. You know, everybody sort of realizes, oh, that was just preseason hype. The preseason hype for this Chargers team has lasted a long time. And, yes, they've had their struggles, but this is a team that looks like they could do serious damage in the playoffs. And I wouldn't be surprised if they gave the Chiefs a run for their money. I don't think it would be a surprise to anyone if they challenged for the AFC championship. It, this is a very good team, and the Broncos just are not that. They are too up and down. They are too uh, schizophrenic, even though that's not quite correct if you want to get technical. Uh, but inconsistent. There you go. I'll take inconsistent there. It, it's it's And it's infuriating as a fan to not know what you're walking into. And when you turn the TV on, what are you going to get? Well, you're either going to get what they did against the Cowboys or you're going to get what they did against the Eagles. My inclination with this game is that you're probably going to get what they did against the Eagles just because of how good this Chargers team can be. And Los Angeles has their issues with inconsistency as well, but I'm not sure it's enough to really make a difference here. I think they end up being a more consistent, better team that walks away with a win here. And the thing that's so that adds even more to it is this is just one of the most maddening NFL seasons that I can remember. We had the most recent example with the Texans beating the Titans. I mean, who the hell saw that coming? Literally nobody. I don't even think the Texans saw that coming. So anything can happen. We've seen that already this NFL season. So I, 
I, I mean, I just, I have no idea. I literally, and especially with this Broncos team, I, I feel like Larry David and that gift where he's like, eh, I, I, eh, I just, I have no idea. Even if the defense shows up though, I don't think it's good enough to stop this Chargers offense. There's just too many weapons. I don't know of anyone who's going to be able to stop Mike Williams and Keenan Allen on top of Austin Eckler while getting enough pressure on Justin Herbert. Because as I told you before we even started recording, they had problems with Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts is a little bit more mobile and athletic, maybe, probably, than Justin Herbert. Yeah, I'd say it's close. I, I, if, if you had to pick, I'd probably go Jalen Hurts for mobility and athleticism just, just barely, but uh, not arm strength. Not, I mean, you no, would coupled with a, a overall quarterback. I, exactly. I think if you couple the two things together, Herbert ends up being a better quarterback overall because it, the mobility, I think, is essentially the same. Herbert's got the better arm. That's my read on it. Yeah. So, even I mean, it, it's one of those situations, and I said this at my preview at PlayColorado.com. It's one of those games where the Broncos have to play a perfect game because the Chargers are that good offensively. Defensively, they have some weaknesses. But the thing is, you have no idea if Pat Shermer is going to get the inclination to call 50 passes again uh, for Teddy yes. Bridgewater. The Joker card, Pat Shermer and his play calling. So if they run the football and they do what they did against the Cowboys, totally. But this coaching staff, just like everything else, you have no freaking idea what is going to happen. Yeah, and, and I think that that's why we are where we are. Before we get into our overall predictions, let's do our players to watch just for uh, just for, just for for giggles here. Uh, and let's start on the defense. Let's go defense first. We haven't done too much with the defense. Who are you watching on defense this week? Shelby Harris, because he's going to be the driver to get that interior. Stops Austin Heckler. It's going to be what gets that pressure that gets into the face of Justin Herbert and at least starts to, to get him to bounce around a little bit, maybe get some happy feet, see ghosts potentially, even though Von Miller isn't there. So to me, it's Shelby Harris and whoever else is on the interior, whether it's um, Mike Purcell, um, all the other names are now Deshaun Williams, Deshaun Williams, Jones. So it, it Shelby Harris and the interior guys are going to be crucial for this defense. Yeah, I, I agree with that one. I, I'm going to go on the back end, uh, Justin Simmons, who uh, has has been up and down. There there have been games where he's been a stud. There have been games where he has been the absolute problem. Um, and and so to me, his leadership is great, but also his actions on the field, what he gets done, what he accomplishes, and he's going to be necessary. You just mentioned Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, the Austin Eckler out of the backfield. I mean, there's 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 too many options for Justin Herbert, and he's going to have to have guys in place, and he's going to have to make good decisions about where he goes so that they don't get burned on the back end. We watched Justin Herbert sort of pick apart the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, in, in a way that on Sunday Night Football, you, that game ended up being a, a real good game. But Justin Herbert had a great game because he was able to find his weapons. Justin Simmons is the guy who I think can negate some of that uh, as as long as he's able to play to his potential. And 
this would be a good game for him to do that. So he's he's my guy to sort of pay attention to on, on defense. Uh, offense, who you got? Pat Shermer. I know he's not a player, but is that two is weeks gonna, in a row? I feel like that's two weeks in a row. Are we allowed to do it's that? It's going to be every week. <laughs> is he going to be the offensive coordinator from the Dallas game, or is he going to mimic Mike Shula last week or two weeks ago against the Eagles? I, I mean, there's only so much the players can do. I mean, obviously, everyone knows the Broncos are better offensively when they run the football with Javante Williams or Melvin Gordon when he's not fumbling. The only person who doesn't seem to get that is Pat Shermer because he doesn't realize that it's important to score points in the first half. So maybe he'll maybe he'll see that this offense is good when it runs the football and it makes his quarterback better instead of turning into the 2014 Broncos and Peyton Manning throwing for 55 touchdowns because he doesn't have Peyton Manning. Yeah, that's a good, it's a good one. I think it was 2013 when he threw for 55 touchdowns. Just, just pointing that out uh, because that was a fun that season. Probably. Yeah. But uh, I would say um, for me on the offensive side of the football, I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with Pookie. I'll go with Javante because he's fun to watch. Uh, you may not see him run the ball all that often, but you, you're going to, you're going to see an angry run. You're going to have those opportunities. So, um, I, I I'm in a, I'm in on Javante Williams and, and watching him, uh, run the football. I think that would be, that would be the guy I'm going to watch just because at least it will bring me joy when something fun happens there. Um, all right. Should we, should we do our official predictions? I've got mine written down. I, like I always do. I like to write mine down and then see what you say, just because I think it's it's always interesting to see how close we are. Because I always wing it. That's right. This makes it a little different. Yeah. I, I'm going to go with Chargers 34-17. Whoa. Okay. All right. Okay. Okay. And it, it'll probably end up being closer than that, but I just I have no faith in this Broncos team. Too inconsistent. Chargers just got a big win over the Steelers. They have that road win over the chiefs they're undefeated in the division so they control their destiny to win the <laughs> afc west i like it uh, i actually am, i'm gonna go the other way i think they end up with a, a bit of a hangover after a big uh win against the steelers and they are only able to beat the broncos 27 to 13 that's my that's my prediction there'll be fewer points 27 13 chargers uh because they're a little tired because they had to play in prime time that's i why not? That that seems like a, a good prediction there. <sighs> All right. Well, that was fun. Um, hey, you know what? I will say this. We've been wrong on our predictions a lot this year, so hey, we'll see we what have. happens. Yeah, it couldn't hurt. That's because it's the NFL at this point. <laughs> All right. Let's do this. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, we'll do our whip around the league. We will uh, see what's going on in the AFC West, the rest of the NFL, and then we'll uh, say go Broncos. All right, Ian. Well, this week we get to acknowledge Thanksgiving. So happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Uh, let's take a look at our Thanksgiving slate, which is garbage. Uh, the NFL really didn't do us any favors this year with their Thanksgiving games. We have to watch the Lions, I guess. And so, sure, we'll have them play the Bears, who might play Justin Fields, or maybe nope. it'll be Andy Dalton's playing. Andy Dalton's playing. Okay, fine. Well, that... And it doesn't look like Jared Goff is playing either, hey. although he could be trending in that position. But... Well, I, I, the, the, I, I'm sorry. That's not a game I can get excited about, although I'll probably have to watch it because I'll be with Bears fans. 
Uh, so I'll be and it's probably gonna the end up being it'll probably end up being the best game of the day. It probably will because, and we'll talk about this for something that happens later on in the week. But you know, pillow fights usually end up being entertaining at least. Uh, the second game of the uh, of the of the day is Raiders at Cowboys. Um, uh, at least you'll watch the Raiders yeah. get blown out of AT and T Stadium. Sure, that'd be fun. I hope that's that's what happens, so that you know we can at least enjoy. It. Although it sucks that it's got to be the Cowboys that do it because I hate the Cowboys too. So uh, it's not exactly ideal, but we'll take it. And then Bill Saints, as far as that game goes, if you have fantasy implications going, Alvin Kamara, if he plays, which sounds like he didn't practice on Tuesday, so not trending in the proper direction there. Uh, Josh Allen and the Bills have been playing like garbage recently. I just – this th- – I you know what? I won't have to watch football on Thanksgiving. I can talk to my family instead. My I, question I guess. about – my question for the Thanksgiving games, does Bill's Mafia break tables after they finish their Thanksgiving feast? Ooh, I, I'll bet you see if you pay attention on the old social medias, uh, which you don't have to plural media because it's already plural. Uh, ooh, little grammar police in there. Sorry. I'll bet they do some breaking of some tables with a Thanksgiving feast on it. That would not ooh. surprise me. I, I bet you'll While see it's that. on fire. But, well, I mean, how else are you going to cook the turkey? You know what I'm saying? And then, so after we get through the Thanksgiving games, I joked with you, Giants fans obviously got what they wanted when Jason Garrett was fired. But now they may want a do-over because Freddie Kitchens is going to be calling the play. So that's one of those situations where the grass isn't always greener. I want to go and back. <laughs> you still have Daniel Jones as your quarterback. And you're going to play an Eagles team that as that look as a Broncos fan, I'm fairly certain that's they're the Super Bowl favorite, right? As as good as they looked against the Broncos. So, uh yeah, you're you're not happy if you're a Giants fan. <laughs> Nothing is coming up roses for you as a Giants fan. It's all coming up uh poo? Poop poop flowers? Yeah, it's all coming up poop flowers. That's what it is. Yeah, that's you got to feel bad for the Giants fans. There, there are some interesting games this week, though that are that are some very good games. Sure, going to be worth watching. Uh, Jets Texans, that'll be a fun one. That's not one of them that I was going to mention. I know it's not, but come on, that's that's one of those pillow fights that could end up being really interesting because either it's going to be a huge high scoring game or it's going to be hilarious with all the mistakes. So that one could be the most entertaining. I didn't say it would be the best game, but it might be the most entertaining game. Well, if we're gonna throw that out there, might as well throw in Falcons Jaguars. That's right. I guess they, they, at least with the Falcons and the Jaguars, you get to see uh, a, a couple of players in in Trevor Lawrence and and Kyle Pitts, who are the future of the NFL. So there's there's a little bit of this could be enjoyable going on with that with that particular game. I don't really see that so much with Jets and Texans. To me, I, I and I told this to you before we started recording. There is a team that if it keeps progressing this way, nobody is going to want to play in the playoffs because of how effective and good they are at specific phases of the game. And that's the New England Patriots. They're hosting the Tennessee Titans, who just lost to the Texans. Now they have to go on the road to Foxborough and play a defense that is 
playing unbelievable football right now and is running the football, which sets up perfectly for Mac Jones, who is efficient and takes what is given to him. The Patriots are now in the lead for the AFC East. I, I, I mean, no one wants to hear this, but to me, the Patriots are the team that nobody wants to play in the playoffs. Nobody. Because other people have said this on social media. This is what Bill Belichick did in the early 2000s when they won those first three Super Bowls in four years. They had a young rookie. Young, well, I wouldn't say Tom Brady was a rookie, but they had a young quarterback. Well, he was rookie the, a rookie the one time. He wasn't a rookie. They had a young quarterback, but they could run the football and they could play defense. And that's what this Patriots team is doing again 20 years later. So it's to me, that's going to be the game to watch. How do the Titans respond to that tough loss to the to the Texans going on the road and playing a very dangerous and very good football team right now? Yeah, that's a, that shakes up to be a, a pretty good game. Another good one is uh, looks like you got a, a, what could be a fun game with Buccaneers and Colts if Jonathan Taylor can do what he did oh uh, against the Bills and drop five more touchdowns. That would be incredible. But uh, that that's, that's that another one that's an kind of interesting. That brings up an interesting discussion. So when you look at the MVP odds, obviously the favorite right now is Tom Brady, just because of what he's doing and how good that that Buccaneers offense is. He leads the league in passing and touchdowns. But should Jonathan Taylor be in the discussion for MVP? Yeah, absolutely he should. Absolutely he should. The 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 Colts are not the Colts if Jonathan Taylor isn't what he is right now. Uh, Carson Wentz is, is, has been okay. Uh, he's, you know, when healthy, the Colts as a team are nowhere near as good when Jonathan Taylor isn't on the field. That's just the truth. And so not including him in the discussion is, I think a huge mistake. Now, does that make him the MVP? I don't think he necessarily is the MVP. I am, I am a big fan of, uh, changing the award system. This is a little bit of a tangent here. I think they should change the way they do awards in the NFL. They should just have uh, a, a mul- most valuable offensive player, most valuable defensive player, and then a best quarterback uh, trophy. Best quarterback. Because seriously, because quite frankly, if you're the best quarterback of the season, you're the MVP because that's the most important position on the field. So, or a most outstanding offensive player award for non quarterbacks. How about that? Because it it's sort of there, it's almost impossible now to win an MVP if you're not a quarterback. Because everybody knows that it doesn't matter how good you are at other positions on the field if you don't have a quarterback that's at least serviceable, you're not going to win. So to me, that you might change the awards to reflect that because that's the reality of it all. So just to reflect the reality of the NFL maybe have a most outstanding offensive player award because to me, that's what Jonathan Taylor is this year in the AFC. He's the most outstanding offensive player in the AFC. He's just not the MVP because he's not a quarterback. That's all there is to that. And then the other game that I think has the potential to be really good is the Rams at the Packers. Yeah. uh, I need that to be an awesome game. I have Aaron Rodgers and Matthew Stafford and Devontae Adams and Daryl Henderson and Cooper Cup. I, I'm, I'm, my fantasy football all hinges on this one game. So uh, it would be really nice if this is an offensive explosion. Just 
points all over the place. And instead, it's going to be played outdoors at Lambeau in the cold in December, which means it's probably going to be like 13 to 10, and I'm going to be, I'm going to be crying. You've been listening to Mile High Report Radio. Get involved in the discussion at milehighreport.com. And as always, go Broncos.